0: Okay, Jesus, righteousness, that's what we're doing tonight, righteousness, hey Tay. Um, Wow, okay, cool, well I had like a really, God was showing me more and more this weekend what it's like to like die to yourself and really be like living for Jesus, because like I've never been more smashed before a teaching night than this weekend, so the devil just doesn't want this talk to come out. And I was like, I was seriously so close to being like, oh, let's just call it off this week. I'm not feeling it. I'm just like, all the natural excuses start coming in. But it was a good opportunity for me to practice what I'm preaching, right? Like, feelings don't rule me, all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, thanks for praying. Whoever did, I messaged a few of you, but I'm feeling better. But yeah, I've not, yeah. There's something about this talk, because we're talking about righteousness tonight, right? Something about this talk that the enemy does not want you to hear. So... Be listening up because I've never been so smashed before. Before I talk, I was literally just like, I was out of it, man. I was so out of it. I texted ben Juice and I was like, man, if I can't preach tonight, can you can you can you preach? And he was like, yeah, I can. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, I'm like, I'm all good. Um, quick update for you though. Um, yeah, the fundraiser. Last week I think it was like forty six hundred when I announced it. Now it's up to forty seven fifty. So praise God for an extra hundred and fifty dollars. But more in the name of Jesus. So can we just pray for fifteen seconds right now? Just everyone close your eyes and pray. And you personally ask God, God, is there anything that I can give to this fundraiser? I just want you guys to do that just right now. And ask him for a particular amount if you feel led to give. And whatever amount that is, no matter how big it is or how small it is, just make, make a promise with God, I'm going to give that. In the name of Jesus, Amen. amen. Cool. Amen. <laughs> There's no compulsion. It's just like if you feel led and you want to you contribute to this, it's going to be awesome. By the way, we're sending, if you guys don't know, we're sending Jess, Haley, and Nick France to mm-hmm. Africa. Are you got, have you got in yet? You got, yes. You're yeah. in. Yeah. You're yeah. going. We're, we're Haley is too, she okay. got accepted this week, so yeah, you're all in, you're, you're all going, so good, <laughs> oh come on, even better, <laughs> so good, um, okay, who heard last week's talk, mostly everyone, awesome, so we did the gospel, right, the big picture, the good news of Jesus, right, I did, I, I've heard it described this way before, the gospel from 30,000 feet, so it's like you zoom out of earth and you're looking at earth from like this really far away place. And what's the gospel to that? Well, it's the big picture of what God's going to do with the whole earth, right? So that's the gospel from 30,000 feet. Tonight, I'm going to zoom right in and do the personal gospel. So what, what the cross of Jesus does for you personally. But before we start that, I remember I said last week we're going to do testimonies and I just completely forgot Thank you, Jesus. Who has, who has an example of how God's moved this week? Just anything, big, small, whatever. Anything? Any answer prayer? It's He's got alive? I thought it was alive. Danny, yeah. yeah. Um, this week, uh, Kids Church, we were teaching the kids how to pray for the sick. And, Come on. Uh, it was awesome, just some practical steps how to approach people and, and we were just practicing it, really, just with all the kids, just really humble and all that stuff and then, like, three or four kids are just here on the spot. Like, elbow, uh, A, complete, no mobility, oh, complete mobility. Wow. Yeah, God's good. More Jesus. That's so good. And that, that, for me, that really ignites that whole verse of, like, receive the kingdom like a child. Because mm. wow. apparently when Heidi Baker goes into to villages that she's never been to before, she preaches the gospel and then people get saved and then she gets the kids to go out and pray for everyone who's sick. And they don't, they don't know that you can't do that. <laughs> that it might not work or that you know miracles don't happen these days Nate so we, get, we have to get taught how to not walk in miracles so the kids they, they just naturally do it and they go out and everyone gets healed it's crazy like five or six year olds it's crazy because they don't know that they, that's not going to happen they just believe, yeah God's going to heal you of course it's just, they're just so simple like that so receive receive the kingdom like that it's good receive it like a child um, so good Thanks, man. That was an awesome testimony. Um, anyone else? Cool things happening? Yeah, man. Hit me. Um, on, on the way back down the coast, we at central coast, and I'm then we saw this like, big go- oh, men Sim, We saw this big bunch of like young girls, but then like heaps sort of them walked away, and there was a few. And then Sim's like, "I just want to step out. I just want to go for it." I'm like, "All right, let's do it." So, and he shared the, and he went up to these girls, and then he like shared his testimony, he shared the gospel with them. And then, like, they were, like, getting rocked. It was awesome. Come on. And then God, like, brought, like, all these other girls. And, like, some whole new thing. Wow. And revival The girls, like, really receiving. So That's sick. Rocked by Sims testimony. So oh, so good, man. Sin. Jesus. But, um, yeah, sin's. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. That's so good. Brad Wall was telling me a similar testimony recently. He was in Manly. And he walked up to these guys and started preaching about Jesus. And he goes, hey guys, I've got good news. And then the kids were making fun of him. And they go, oh guys, come on, he's got good news. Good news, I'm just making fun of him. And he's like, sweet, they just pulled so many more people to me. And he just preached the gospel. Yes. It was just awesome. Cool. <laughs> so good. Guys, there's seats down here if you want to come sit. Well, not official seats, but yeah. Please, come get comfortable. I talk for long periods of time. <laughs> actually before we get started I just feel like the Holy Spirit's putting on my heart everyone close your eyes again remember how I said last week it just says rejoice always rejoice always rejoice always even when and especially when you don't feel like it. So let's just lift up thanks to Jesus right now. Rejoice in Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for righteousness, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just in your own personal way, just tell tell Him what He means to you. Tell Him what you're thankful for in your own life. Just your own personal walk. Just rejoice always, guys. It's such a powerful lesson to learn. Do you know why you can rejoice always? Because He's good. You're not gonna rejoice always in a God that's not good. God is good. He's with you, He's for you. Nothing can separate you from Him. Jesus. Father, we just want this night to be yours. I just want you to speak, God. Teach us your word. Jesus said that we're all going to be taught personally by God. That's a crazy thing to think about. So God, teach us personally tonight. Holy Spirit, guide us into truth and point us to Jesus. Show us the truth of your word, God. We don't don't want human wisdom. We don't want eloquent words. We don't want Nate's three-point sermon. We don't want that stuff, God. We want you. We want truth. Jesus, speak to our hearts tonight, God. And let us receive it and lock it away in our hearts because the enemy says he comes to steal. Words have been recently planted in our hearts. So let us lock it away and receive it as ours and claim it as our own truth. In the name of Jesus, amen. Whew. Wow. Never intro to teaching like that before, but it's good. Feels, feels good. Maybe I was waiting for you guys to get here. Shaved your head. Oh my God. You are truly my disciple. <laughs> Legit? I'll show you after. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can You can announce it. Uh I'll, i was just in the shower on Thursday night and just um hanging with Jesus and he was I, I kinda like my hair by the way. And he was like, um would you shave your head for me? And I was like, Oh man, I like my hair. And then I was like, frick it, yeah, I gave my whole life to this thing, so I shaved Come on. it. <laughs> wow. So good. Guys, you've got to get on board. It's trending right now. Um, that actually reminds me of something that, like, I, I'm going to say something hectic right now. I'm going to say something hectic right now, but just think about it and receive it. All right? If right now, this second, an army or a group of horrible people <laughs> stormed in this room, opened this door, and said, Leave, unless you will deny Jesus. I, I wonder who genuinely will be left in the room. And then, what if they said, Until you deny Jesus, I will remove one body part. Aww. See, now you get dying to yourself, right? Because you've got to get to that point where you go, You know what, that's a, that's a good trade. Yeah. That I can stand firm for my king and lose all my body parts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Legit. That's what it means to die to yourself. Because I started thinking about that. I was like, if I'm actually dead to myself, like I'm dead to my own, my, my needs, my wants, my desires, doesn't that mean that I would stay in that room until there's no part of me left? I don't know. We've got to be like that. We're, yeah, it's not, it's not a good thought, but that's a reality for some people. Do you know what I mean? That's what, yeah, we, we don't grow up in a culture like that. Yeah, it's normal. Standard. Legit. But we, we grow up in a culture where it's like anything we want, we get. You know what I mean? The flesh is always gratified. Always. You want to watch a TV show? Sweet. It's on YouTube. The whole thing. All seven series. Watch it all in a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, you know what I, do you know what I mean though? Like everything. But like when that stuff happens, we really get hit and we go, oh, I don't know if I would stay in the room. I hope we all would. But let's get to that point, right? Um, that's just a random thought. You brought that up for me. So blame Ben if that disturbed you. Um, <laughs> all right, tell you guys a quick story. Who knows Chris Vallison? Who knows at least, at least the name? All right. He, uh, he's got this book called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. It's a really good book. Um, in that book, he tells this story about this kid that he adopted named Eddie. Um, and this kid, Eddie, grew up in a horrible environment where his parents had split up. They were both drug addicts. They both were in poverty. He would just long and wait for youth group every Friday night where he could finally just hang hang with someone who was like not broken and hurting him. And just, you get the picture, right? Like not a good environment. So Chris and his wife decided we're going to adopt Eddie. And so he walked up to the the mother and the father and said, I want custody. And they just gave it to him because they could tell it was going to be the best thing for Eddie. But then what was funny was as Eddie got introduced into the family because Chris has other, you know, sons and daughters, and they, when they sat down for dinner at the dinner table, Eddie would, when no one was looking, steal food and put it in his pockets or hide it under his plate or something like that. You know what I mean? And they all kind of knew he was doing that, but they didn't want to bring it up. But, and then also, when, when it got to Christmas time, they bought him. They just, they just went to town and they just bought him all these presents because he'd never had pre- um, presents before, right? And then... What, what he would do was he would open his presents be so excited but he wouldn't let anyone else touch them. You know what I mean? So can, can you see how like he was thinking, like he's, he's grown up in, in a way of thinking like, I've got to defend for myself here. Like no one's looking out for me. No one loves me. No one cares about me. I, if, I, if I don't hold on to this present, someone's going to steal it from me. That's his, that's, that was his reality as he was growing up. And so it's really interesting because Chris was saying that eventually Eddie got to this point where he no longer did that and he distanced himself from that mentality entirely and became this amazing dude but there was this transition between thinking of how you used to think and then how you now think Does that make sense so i'm gonna i'm gonna start talking in terms of like that tonight because when i talk about righteousness and that god has made us made us righteous you probably don't feel righteous right but it's about learning to start thinking how god sees you rather than how you feel or how you see yourself and when you start doing that then you'll start being able to actually walk it out. But until then, you probably won't. You probably still keep hiding things and defending for yourself, and all, all the things that you do, not knowing who you are. That makes sense. Awesome. Um, come on, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So this, like, honestly, th- this talk is just all about identity—just like who you actually are. Who feels like they actually—they're pretty sold out. They know who they are. just like yeah i know exactly who i am sweet that's better than none (laughs) but like it's it's a sensitive topic hey it's just like who actually am i like i see good and evil in the world i see god is good and the, the enemy is evil where do i fall on that scale am i here am i there am i in the middle am i growing am i going up and down all the time how does he see me I don't know, I just just find these questions huge because until you see who you are, you won't know how to act, you won't know how to walk out Jesus, you won't even know how to deal with little things in life properly until you actually see how God sees you. And you might resist what I'm saying tonight out of a sense of humility, but that is not humility. Humility is humbling yourself to the word of God and whatever he says about you, you say, I don't feel that way, I don't see that in my life, I never even acted that way, but I believe you God. Does that make sense? See, it's false humility go, no, no, I'm not righteous, I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm just, I'm pathetic. Like, God God saved me by His grace. Well, That's that's, that's true, He did save you by His grace. But He's called you to walk like Him. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you at least see that over yourself, right? Does that make sense? It's kind of silly to start walking it out without realizing that's who you already are. You, in fact, you can't do that. It's impossible. <laughs> Alright, awesome. So... As I always do, I'm going to go back to the beginning. And yeah, so whatever. Ezekiel 28, open up to that. This is even before the beginning of the beginning. So that let that blow your mind for a second. It's about Satan, by the way. Um, oh, and also, this talk is going to bring up questions that you're going to ask or be thinking about in terms of practicality of what this looks like like do i still sin can i still sin what happens when i do sin Da da da! da. all these practical questions right hold them till next week because i'm going to deal with that the practicalness practicality of this next week does that make sense just hold your questions on, the, on what it looks like in your life because those are the questions that come up so ezekiel 28 by the way if you don't know where ezekiel is it's probably like the middle of your bible Oh, maybe 63% through. Yeah. Yeah, about that. 63%. That's <laughs> my approximation. Um, all right. So we're going to start reading from verse 11. But, okay. Like we're jumping right into the middle of an, of an Old Testament prophet here. It might seem kind of weird. And it looks like he's, he, basically what happens is Ezekiel gets a word of God and he, and, he, and he says, deliver this word to the king of, what is it? Tyre. Deliver deliver it to the king of Tyre, right? So you might feel like this passage is talking about a king, but as you read, you quickly realize it ain't talking about a king. It's talking about something else. Talking about an angel. And that's pretty obvious in several places. So starting from verse 11, read with me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, raise a lamentation. That's like a sad saying or a song over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the signet of perfection. This is, this is God speaking. and he, said, he just said perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, emerald and carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub, cherub's like an angel. I placed you, you were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. So this is talking about Satan, the creation of the devil. So there are three angels that are named in the Bible. You got Lucifer, which is this angel. You got Gabriel and you got Michael. And they're the only three that are named in the whole Bible. Every other angel is just anonymous. Um, Lucifer is, from this description, from this passage, the highest, the top. It says, God put him on the highest point of the mountain of God, of the holy mountain of God, right? He's perfection. He's beautiful. He's wise. He's anointed with jewels. Like You just get this picture of this amazing, amazing creature. And God is like stoked with him. And it says, verse 14, you were an anointed guardian cherub. And it says in Hebrews chapter 1 that angels were sent to minister to people. So angels were created to minister to the images of God. People. So Satan and uh, Gabriel and Michael and all the other angels were created to minister and to protect and to watch over and to guide people. Right? Now, Middle of verse 15. I'm not going to spend too long here. Middle of verse 15. Till unrighteousness was found in you. Highlight unrighteousness if you're highlighting stuff. Till unrighteousness was found in you. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God and I destroyed you. O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of iniquities in the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you, and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. So that had a big turn in it, didn't it? <laughs> going from perfection, beautiful and wise, to one day unrighteousness was found in you. And he was blameless up to that point. So he was doing exactly what he's created, but one day unrighteousness was found in him. So I'm not going to go into the details of what I think this could mean. I just, what I want to say is, righteousness is who God is. His character is righteousness, the goodness of him, his heart, his his love. Like God is selfless. God is love, right? And what happened to this angel? Unrighteousness was found in him, self-arced up. Now, there's a few different theories. Some people think he was jealous of God. Some people think he was jealous of man because we were created in his image. I don't know. One of the two. But... Unrighteousness was found in him and he became proud. And the things that equipped him before turned him into something horrible. And God cast him out of heaven down to earth and everyone saw it and he goes, and you will be no more forever. So God will destroy him one day. Pretty hectic verse. But that's okay. Accidents. Um, yeah. The reason I go, I go into that passage first is because that is where sin started. That is where unrighteousness started. Because everything before that was created in the image of righteousness. Nothing came from God that was bad. And the devil, he can't create. He can only manipulate and counterfeit. He can, he can corrupt. He can take something that God has made and he can turn it into something horrible. Just like what, what happened to Satan, right? He had beauty and splendor and wisdom and it was turned opposite. It was turned self, self selfish. You know what I mean? That's what unrighteousness does. That's what living outside the character of God does. And then God strips him of all the beauty that he had originally given him. Because you, you can't just walk in what God's given you if you're going to profane his very existence by how you do things. Is this making sense? Like, is this. Is, that, is this making sense? Am I might have lost you guys? It's all good? Okay, good. Um, so, okay. I believe that's exactly what happened. So. Now you've got, now you guys know that God is righteous, right? I'm not going to go <laughs> and cover all that, all that stuff, right? You can look at previous teaching nights if you want to go look at all that stuff. Especially last week, actually. Um, God is righteous and then the enemy is unrighteous. So you've got righteousness, unrighteousness, God, Satan, love, self. Make sense? We've got two polar complete extremes. Now, okay. That, that pol- those two polar extremes, that choice, is exactly the presentation of what, was, what life was like for Adam and Eve. You had God and you had Satan. Righteousness, unrighteousness. Am I doing it right sides? <laughs> Love, self. And then humans, as you, as you guys know from last week, chose unrighteousness. Chose to follow the liar, the thief, the destroyer, the murderer, the angel who was fallen. Right? By the way, that's where hell comes from as well. God said, I will destroy you forever. You read that right? Verse 19, and you should be no more forever. It says also somewhere else, I can't remember exactly where, hell was created for the devil and his angels. No human was ever intended to go there. Just so you know, we're his children. Whether we realize it or not, we are his children. It's about coming into understanding of that and walking that out as you were created to do. Now, more. Jesus, thank you, God. (sighs) Okay. So, all of humanity was cursed and our very image and nature, which we were created with, we were created in the image and nature of God and the likeness of God, had fallen from the image of God that God intended from the beginning. It wasn't lost entirely, but it was marred to the point of not being able to recognize it. This is just recapping last week, right? And, okay, this is Romans 1. This is what Romans 1 says happened to humanity. And since they, humans, did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up, to a debased mind, to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of, of unrighteousness. Highlight that if you're following along. Evil, covetousness, malice. They are full. You can't get full than full. <laughs> they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. Romans 1, sorry. Romans 1, 28, 32. Uh, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They are gossips, Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. So we submit to the enemy, we submit to unrighteousness, and then is it any shock or any wonder that we start to walk out? and be filled with unrighteousness because we submitted. We laid our lives down and said, we're going to follow the serpent. You know what I mean? And so humans, that's why you can look out in the world right now and you can see such good and you can see such evil because, the, because of those two extremes. Some are following God and they have life in them because of Jesus and some are following the enemy. And it's especially easy to follow the enemy because of our, our nature when we are born is actually twisted and marred and bent and set to follow a selfish lifestyle. That makes sense? You can trace most of the evil in the world right now back to just someone's selfish heart, <coughs> probably. Like I heard this horrible story today um, from, this is 1989, in, in England. They had this soccer game going on and they, you guys probably know about this. People who are a bit older, they, they overf- they overfilled the the stand. Stand, stand, stadium, right, with like way too many people. And there was a wall, so you couldn't get onto the soccer pitch. And then people were packing and packing and packing it. And then people ended up getting squashed against this wall, and like almost a hundred people died. And I was like, I was like, how did that happen? Like, like, and apparently there's all these theories and stuff about it. Like, it's horrible. Um, But I was like, I I really hope it wasn't because someone wanted more money from their soccer game. But more than likely, it probably was. Because the more people you can fit into the stadium, the more money you get, right? And then those people paid for it with their lives. It's like, you know what I mean? Like the selfishness, the selfishness of our hearts. Like not knowing love, not walking in love is what so much evil comes from in this world. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So... Oh, by the way, <laughs> that was part one called The Birth of Unrighteousness if you, if you make titles and stuff. The Birth of Unrighteousness. Um, so good. Thank you, Jesus. All right, part two. The Law. So here's a question for you guys. Okay, so all of humanity was cursed and fallen walking in unrighteousness and selfishness, right? So what would happen, because humans still had a will, right? What would genuinely happen? I'm asking an actual question here, so shout out and answer if you know it. What would happen if people, though they were cursed and fallen, genuinely from their own hearts wanted to not sin, but to be right with God again? Is that possible? No, what I'm saying is, do you think that humanity in their state after having fallen and, and, you know what I mean, could, if they wanted to, could they get back? Yes. Yes? Yes. yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how? Can you explain it to me? Jesus! Jesus. <laughs> Are we talking like Old Testament or New, oh, Testament? Yeah, New Testament? I'm talking. I'm talking. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Old <laughs> Testament? <Yeah. laughs> no. Like we tried that, didn't work. New Testament? Yes, but that's not because we did it. But why couldn't they in the Old Testament? Uh, it didn't so have Jesus! <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> that is the ultimate answer. But I'm, I'm sort of trying to get at something else here. Relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're we're hitting no we're hitting on good things here. This is not is wrong. That, that is that it in down? Romans? Uh, yeah. At the end of Romans seven,
1: is that what,
0: what you're sort of pointing at? Yeah. What does that say? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know word by word, but it's
1: like I I did the things I did not want to do. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. But now I'm no longer under the order Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Someone else say something? That's good. I was just going to say, is it under the wrong cabinet? Mm. Under the cabinet the Yeah. Well, this is what I wanted to try and bring up. So this, it's kind of a difficult question to sort of pinpoint a specific answer. But what I wanted to say was, you guys know, right, from the previous weeks of Teach Tonight, and if you haven't listened to them, go listen to them. They're on, they're on iTunes Store, SoundCloud, they're on Dropbox. <laughs> um... Uh, God's plan was always to send Jesus. Am I right? Mm -hmm. He said he had crucified the Son of God before the foundation of the world. His plan was always to send Jesus. So then why spend thousands of years and like a lot of time and effort (laughs) into the law and the Old Testament? What was he trying to prove? Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. So yeah, with that mindset... Let's keep moving on. So, okay. So, God's plan was always to send Jesus, right? But what if He sent Jesus and everyone was just like, What the heck are you doing here? <laughs> like, what do we need you for? You know what I mean? Or what if it was like, We're sweet, dude. You can go back up to heaven. We're, we're, we're killing this thing. Like God gave us the law. I don't think any of us has broken it ever. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're good. Even if they did that, like that slightly confusing in the way that, like, I have a question in my head. So they they did that anyway. Like they, like it was like we, like they, they didn't believe who he was. There was still all that doubt. There was that motivation. Sure. Sure. So to have that question is slightly redundant. Mm. I know what you mean, um, but that's not. Explain it a different way. Well. What I want to try and say is, the law, when it came in, when God said, you shall do, da 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 da, da gives, you, gives you like 300 commands, hectic, or gives you 200, do not do, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and if you do that, you're gonna die, or you're gonna be unclean, or you're gonna be whatever. If you didn't do that, if you didn't do, like, make that become such a real thing to them every single day, what, why on earth would he send a savior? Uh, I don't know, is that, is that making sense? Like, what I'm trying to say is that the law, had a purpose. Like the, the New Testament calls the law a tutor. Am I not, listen, am I not hearing what you're saying, Riley? Yeah. I don't, it doesn't look like I'm hearing what you're saying. No, yeah, it's my thinking face. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of confusion. Um, it, yes. yes. There, there were a bunch of people looking for the Messiah when Jesus rolled yeah. up. Yeah. True. Yeah. And that's part of the... Because the they knew they needed him.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Awesome. How about we just keep moving on with that and hopefully this stuff will make more sense. Okay. Um, okay. So, sorry if, sorry if the first half of this talk is kind of like, ugh, what's going on here? I'm, I'm just setting the stage for righteousness, right? Because you can't really get righteousness unless you get how much humans can't do righteousness. <laughs> you know what I mean? And how righteousness has to come from God. Anyway, um, God creates a people, who knows what the people is called? Israel. Israel. God creates a people and he says, you guys will show me to the rest of the world because God wants the entire world to be saved and you know that through Jesus, right? So he goes, I am holy, you are not holy. I am righteous, you are not righteous. He spells this out for them over and over and over again and it's actually super inappropriate for God to be there in the first place. Like these people are murdering people, they are going to war, they're selfish, they complain, all, all the horrible things of unrighteousness, right? It's not appropriate for God to be there. And so what he does is he establishes systems or rules or laws or something to make, it go, to make you understand this is inappropriate. The, the holy perfectness of God can't be with us imperfect people right so he establishes the law he establishes the tabernacle he establishes the ark of the covenant and like when people go in it they just die <laughs> it's like if you go in there you you'll just you'll just die because you are so unrighteous and fallen so far from me you can't handle my my glory my holiness my presence you just can't and so people honestly did that and they died right so th- what i'm trying to get you to see is that it's so so outlandish and ridiculous that the new testament will call us righteous are you guys getting that it's so ridiculous it's impossible it's so stupid <laughs> like don't let's not just say oh, i'm righteous thank you jesus let's get what it means let's get his beauty his character his love let's get his glory let's understand what what when it, when god says you are righteous in the New Testament, right? Through the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? What does that mean that I'm righteous? Like Johnny was just asking me before, what, what the heck is righteousness anyway? <laughs> it's just this Christian buzzword that gets thrown around a bit. It's, it's God's character. It's His goodness. It's His heart. And he goes, you, Sim, are righteous. See, so when I make it personal, it hits more, hey. <laughs> Iggy, you're righteous. Chloe, you're righteous. That's what God says. Skipping ahead. Alright, so good. So So God comes, He says, It's really inappropriate for me to be here. Gives him the law, gives him all that stuff that like I said. The law did two things, and I want you guys to see this. The first one, it proves to everyone that the debt for sin must be paid. Does that make sense? The debt for sin must be paid. Because you might say, well, if people just genuinely wanted to start walking like you again, God, can you just sort of let them do that and just forget what was behind and move on? God's like, no, nah, I can't do that. Because everything is balanced and He has, He is the source of justice. And if something is wrong, it must be made right. And we might think, oh, that's so unfair, that's so this or so that. You have it too. Like, it's an example, if a drunk driver hits one of your parents tonight and your parent dies, you would want justice for that. You're not going to be like, oh, it's fine, just move on with life. I'm I'm just going to forget about it. No, it has to be made right. That's That's what society is built upon. The balance, the law, righteousness, justice. You know what I mean? God had to prove to you that I can't just wipe it clean like that. It's not this flippant thing, oh, blood of Jesus flippant thing. No, it's not. Like, Jesus had to die and face the judgment of the wrath of God on him so that you could be like I'm okay now and now I can start living like I wanted to from the beginning so making sense I'm just building this up making it big making it real big so I wrote down justice is part of his character and it is against God to wipe away any wrongdoing just because someone asked or was sorry a debt must be paid and the wages of sin Romans says the wages of sin is death if you eat of this tree you will surely die did God not say that See, if you're going to distance yourself from, the, from the, the source of life, that's one definition of the word God, source of life, origin of life. Do you expect life? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> if you walk away from God, you get death. He didn't say, if you eat that tree, I will slaughter you. He said, you will die. You know what I mean? Death is what remains when you don't have God. Jesus' name. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, this is good. Okay. Every single time a sin was committed in the Old Testament, what had to happen to make it right again? Sacrifice Sacrifice what? A A lamb? An animal? Awesome. Okay. Picture this with me for just a second. Imagine your entire life, every time that you sinned and you messed up and you went against the law of God, you took an animal in front of you, you put it on an altar, It had done nothing wrong. A little baby lamb, for goodness sake. Or a bull, or a dove, or whatever they used. And then you killed it. And then you watched it die. And this lamb's like, ah, dying. (laughs) Sorry, vegans. Um, But that's exactly what would have happened, right? And you you know when that would have happened? Week after week. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Your entire life. You would be surrounded by something innocent dying for you. And if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have had to kill it. But because you did it, you had to kill it. So you were surrounded by blood. You would have seen countless animals die. It's alright. You would have seen thousands of animals die in front of you. Now, does that... Imagine growing up in an environment like that. You would get with beyond any shadow of a doubt when I sin something dies. Right? You would get that. It would be obvious. It would be your everyday experience. Not just something something innocent dies. Does that make sense? See God is working into them a mindset when you sin something innocent dies. When you sin something innocent dies. And then by the sprinkling of its blood on the altar, I'll say that sin is okay. Is this making sense? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> when you sin, something innocent dies. Jesus. When you sin, something innocent dies. Jesus. <laughs> it, that's the mindset they would have held every single day. That's why I took it so seriously. And that, that's their wealth. That's their livestock. Without that, without the sheeps and the the goats and the bulls and all the stuff they had, they don't eat. <laughs> they don't drink, you know what I mean? They drink water, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, more Jesus, more. So, yeah. I've got a question. Yeah, man, hit me. Do you reckon they, they wouldn't have eaten the sacrifices, would they? Or is that kind of just like, they <laughs> like they kill, kill like a lamb, would they not? The mm. right. A what? It was the portion for the Levites. What does that mean? Because yeah. they had no inheritance. Okay. Among the people. So, so they gave the, the slaughtered... Levites, the priests, were the, the sacrifices were their food. Right, okay. Um, I'm glad you're here because I did not know that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, there you go. That see your question. Any other questions so far? So, the law tutored them, Walked them through, guided them into saying that that you need justice, and you need something to die for you that's innocent. That make sense? God needs justice. You can't just write something that's wrong just by saying it. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that for us. Doesn't work like that for God. Okay. The second thing God had to show is that no human can be righteous as God is righteous, no matter how much they want it or how hard they try. And so when i say righteous i just mean walking in love walking in the image of god walking like adam and eve were created to be walking like jesus it's not this thing that's impossible it's actually a thing that's doable with jesus in the garden of eden right but no one could do that and the law proved that to them because time and time again just like you brought up before aiden romans 7 I war against my own body because my body wants to do this, but I want to do this and I keep doing what I don't want to do and I, I don't know why I keep doing what I don't want to do and there's whole conflict because in your own body, your own nature, your own way of you thinking, you are bound endlessly to continue in sin. doesn't mean you can't say no at certain times, but inevitably you will sin in, in your own human nature. Does that make sense? The law proved that to you. It actually says, "In sin increased when the law came because it showed you how much you did not walk like God. And the people of God said, we want to to walk like you, God. And he goes, you have no idea how far from me you currently are. Let me show you how far. And he gave them the law. And they realized how far they actually were from the image of God that he intended for them, right? Can you see that? Let me me bring this back into last week, right? The whole picture. God, God, God was very pleased when he made the earth, right? Very pleased. He said it was very good when he put creation underneath humans and he put humans over the top of creation and humans were underneath him imaging his image to the world. He was like, that's what I want. And that's what he's trying to get back to. He doesn't want to make a law. He doesn't want to have animals being sacrificed. Can you you understand that? It's not his will or his desire. He's not pleased by that. It actually says in the New Testament, I was never pleased by the sacrifices that you made. Actually, it even says that in Psalms, Psalms 40. I was never pleased by that. And they did nothing to take away your sin. They were, they were just a teaching. They were teaching you that you cannot be righteous and to look for something else. Hence, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, Galatians 3.24. I've already quoted this a few times, but I'll say it again. Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. Instead of what? Justified by the law. So humans prove they can't do that, right? But then God says a little bit later on in Galatians, I'll write my law on your hearts. So you'll actually walk in it, but it won't be the thing that you have to do. It's the thing that you get to do because of who I have made you to be. And it's no longer this burdensome thing. You get to walk in his righteousness. Can you, can you, can you say how this is just coming back to that original image of Adam and Eve in the garden, imaging God, God just wants you to get back there. That's where He was most pleased, and that's where you're going to be most pleased. Walking like you were created to walk. Jesus. Okay. Another thing. Um, Flip to this is a funny book Leviticus, chapter 11. Leviticus chapter 11, starting from verse 20. Now, I, I intentionally picked the most random passage I could find in Leviticus to prove a point. So, Leviticus chapter 11. This is like the third book of the Bible, by the way, if so you're struggling to find it. Um, yeah, it's at the beginning. Um, Leviticus 11, starting from verse 20. Just he- hear the language of this. It's really... You, and, and once you know Jesus and you know God's heart, hearing this language is like, it's funny. It's like this is nowhere near God wants it to be. But let's read anyway. Verse 20. All winged insects that go on all fours are detestable to you. Yet among the winged insects that go on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs above their feet, with which to hop on the ground. Of them you may eat the locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, and the grasshopper of any kind. I thought they were all the same, but there you go. Um, but all other winged insects that have four feet are detestable to you. Really. And by these you should become unclean. Whoever touches their carcass shall, become, shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries any part of their carcass shall, wish his, sorry, sorry, shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven-footed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. And all that walk on their paws among the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And he who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. Probably the most random passage I'm going to read out in all teaching night. So enjoy that one. Um, So that's just a little snippet of the law. Like, you cannot do this. There's no if, buts, and maybes. You cannot eat these insects. And if you do, I will consider you unclean, and you will be unclean for a certain amount of time. Here is like a day. But constantly in the law, as you read, you will do things in your everyday life that determine you unclean, right? So if you accidentally step on a grave, you are unclean. If you accidentally touch a, uh, someone who has leprosy, you are unclean. And your whole life, can you see the whole thing with, the, with the, what I was saying before about the blood and sacrifices that you were ingrained in this thinking of something innocent must die for me? Right. In the same way, you'll be constantly reminded, I am unclean, I am unclean, I am unclean. So God's driving something home here. In your natural self, you are unclean constantly. And there's not much you can do to get out of it. See how he's pointing you to Jesus? I'm just setting the stage here, guys. It's good. Thank you, Jesus. So here's my concluding sentence from that intro to the talk. Um, Humans outside of Jesus left to their own devices are at worst just like the devil and at best constantly falling short of how they were created to be. I'll say that again. Humans outside of Jesus left to their own devices are at worst just like the devil murdering, thieving, stealing, lying, no love and at best constantly falling short of how they were created to be. That's the best point. for humanity outside of Jesus. Yeah. See, so I think sometimes we, we hear a lot of like teaching from Bethel and Todd White and all that sort of stuff and it's really good. And we get that we're righteous sons and we're in the family, but you can't forget this is where you came from. Yeah. It's very important that like God spelled it out in detail for thousands of years so you wouldn't forget. Cause if you just start walking around, oh, I'm righteous, I'm righteous, I'm righteous, I'm righteous. Another one, wow. Okay. Intermission. <laughs> yeah. My phone never rings. Ah, I'll ring you one day, Kathy. <laughs> no, nah, you're right. It's all good. Is that Brett? Was that Brett that called you? No, mine was private. Kathy's was not Brett. Oh, is that Kathy's phone? Okay, right. Um, he calls me a lot, so I just always think it's Brett when he's calling me. Um, I love him. He's amazing. Um, what was I talking about? Jesus? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> knowing where you came from. Yeah, knowing where you came from. So, so good. So, you have to know that you are saved by grace. And you have to know that humanity was helpless and useless and in the same destiny of the enemy until Jesus came. Is that making sense? You guys getting that? <sighs> it's good. Jesus. We were, we were, we were so lost, man. None of the freedom that you guys have right now, if you found freedom in your life in Jesus, you have you would have none of that. So Jesus didn't have to come. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. That must be my sister. She my, something big must have been big, Master Captain. She would not try three phones. Okay. So, no worries. You can answer that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray for her. Thank you, Jesus, for whatever situation that is that your peace, your joy, your presence, your strength in that situation, God. Just make everything right. Angels come and minister to um, Kathy's sister and make it all good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Wow. Um, So good. Okay, so part three, no longer sinners. Flip to Hebrews. You guys notice I flip around the Bible a lot. I'm trying to show you that the whole thing is. I'm not just picking one book. Hebrews. It's like probably the fifth last book of the Bible. About ninety-one percent of the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm going to go more like ninety-four. To be honest, it's pretty. It's pretty pretty far. Nine. (laughs) Actually, eighty-eight. Huh? Nine. Ninth last. Come on, man. (laughs) Always doing one up on me, man. (laughs) Better haircut. Better Bible (laughs) knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews nine. Starting from verse 22. Hebrews 9. 9. No longer sinners. Thank you, Jesus. Starting from, I could read the whole of Hebrews 9. It's awesome. It's this whole building up thing of the Old Testament and the law and the sacrifices and tabernacle, but I don't have time. So, Hebrews 9. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified by blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Highlight that. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So, uh, 922. Did you know, I said that right? Yeah. You guys just weren't listening. <laughs> and also, it's a good opportunity to practice prophecy as well. You should know where I'm going before I even get there. From now on, no longer ask me where we are. You should just know. Um, thank you, Jesus. Um, okay. And without the shedding of blood, so this is 922, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. So the animal sacrifices, like I just said, were a foreshadow. A thing that didn't make a single bit of difference, but they pointed to something bigger than themselves. Like if you're in America, right, and you're driving to the Grand Canyon, if you see a sign that says Grand Canyon this way, you don't stop there and start taking pictures. You go, oh sweet, I'm going this way. You know what I'm saying? The sign pointed to something bigger than itself. So animal sacrifices did absolutely nothing absolutely nothing. They were obedient to God because that's, that was his plan for salvation of all mankind, right? But they did nothing in and of themselves. They didn't take away any sin. But something innocent had to die. Something innocent had to die. <laughs> Jesus, thank you, God. Um, let's keep reading. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things. So these were heavenly things, the spiritual things, but we, he made a physical representation of them it was necessary for the, the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ had Christ has entered, not into the holy places made with hands, so not the physical, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Highlight on our behalf. That is so key. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, As the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood not his own for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world but as it is he has past tense has appeared once for all say all All. he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away say put put away sin by the sacrifice of himself jesus put away sin And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Thank you, Jesus. Is right. Um, Okay. Yeah, guys, if you want to know what the cross did, go read Hebrews chapter 9 and Hebrews chapter 10 in succession. Read the whole thing. Don't stop. It's amazing, it just builds and builds and builds and builds. I'm just picking a little bit from it tonight. So Christ, Jesus, was a man. He was God, but He became a man. He took on humanity. And so that's super key because it says He went before us into heaven on our behalf. So You might think, oh, it's so unfair that Adam sinned and I have to pay all the consequences. It's in the same way that Jesus represents you. It's as if you were in heaven Right, Jesus is representing all of humanity, right? And he goes, "Take me. Here's my offering to you. Take me." And then God crushes His Son to save us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Um, sorry, if you see me to do that, it's just the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's just weird. It's only happened recently. I don't know. I Can't explain it. Don't ask me questions. Um, um, <laughs> it's weird eh? it's so weird it's so weird I love it though it's good it's fun um, but I'm not resting in that when it doesn't happen I still know he's with me so yeah thank you Jesus um, I've said thank you Jesus a lot tonight hey it's good um, okay here's a question for you if, if Jesus did that if he went into heaven before us just like the, the Old Testament sacrifices were pointing to if he went before us and he goes here take me and then God crushes his own son, the blood his blood is poured out on the offering, on the tabernacle, on the um sorry, the altar, and our and we have forgiveness of sins, and it says in verse twenty six, and Jesus put away sin. Remember how I said God doesn't speak grey, he speaks black and white. So if God took care of sin, did he did he take care of all of sin or just some of it? All of it. You sure? Yes. Yeah. See, he has to as well because he's black and white, right? He doesn't go halfway. Exactly. But that's, I'm trying to drive it home because it's not our experience. Yeah. Our experience of sin is very much still a real thing even in this room. You know what I mean? But the Bible's going to present you a different reality. Jesus has put away that sin. So then why do we have this such strong connection to it still? That's my question. Why do we still feel like we... I'm always gonna... I'm always gonna be a sinner. I sinned last night, therefore i am da da-da-da-da-da. Why is this? Why is this? this does anyone know? Like, actually, I'm genuinely curious. Why? Why? It's so obvious to me as I read the word that Jesus really did destroy sin, like, and we're no longer slaves to it. But we just seem to want to, yeah, Riley. Is it partly because we don't, we, we doubt the reality of who Jesus says we are? because like, so it's a part of our identity. Yeah. We haven't spent enough time in it. Yeah. We have spent such a long time in religion. What we used to know. Hmm. In, and it's just not spending enough yeah, time. Exactly. Like, so like as we draw closer to God, like like that's that part of ourselves, like that we're always it's like that all constant encouragement. Like like Paul is constantly encouraging his like his fellow brother brothers and his family, like all that. And we we need to constantly do it ourselves. And I think that there's there's like those bridges within like doing life with each other and doing community and growing closer mm-hmm. to God, that mm-hmm. that sort of becomes mm-hmm. a reinforcement of being like that was our old nature. Yes. That doesn't stop us to excel into more opportunities. Yes. As else, yeah. Come on. So and good. Like, didn't you also say that it was a decision? It's a decision. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But, but again, even though we make that decision, it's still. Yeah. yeah it's still. Well, I just want to say. Long time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you do you guys. Anyone have a question? Aiden? I was just saying, my mind. It's alright because in one journal it says if we sin we don't have an advocate with the Father, but it's exactly that if we sin, it's because it yes. shows that it was better at mm-hmm. that particular moment. Yep. And we don't know him enough there. Yeah, We yeah. don't know him enough in our, our lives. So what do we do? We just give him. That's good. We're going to tackle all that stuff next week. If you guys got questions, that's good. <laughs> the um, yeah, the prophet. <laughs> the prophet. Um, <laughs> so good. Um, what I want to say is, can can you guys see why I spent so much time on faith and truth before we even got to this stuff? Because your reality is gonna feel so different to what you read here sometimes. And you're gonna be tempted to go, I actually don't know if I am saved. I don't know if I am in Christ. Cause it says like, those who continue to sin, they're not in Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, and you'll start to live like that. You start to live through your experiences and you redefine God through what you've gone through rather than submitting to what you receive from him, from his word. That's why I spent so much time there. That's why I didn't move on until we were like, no. It is this, you know what I mean? And like, I'll be honest, like today, and especially today and this whole weekend, I did not feel a single bit of reality of God. I so felt the reality of the enemy on my life. And it felt, I honestly, it felt like he had more power than me. And it felt like he was oppressing me and I could do nothing about it. That's what it felt like. But luckily I have the word of truth to show me that that's not true. And that he actually flees from me when I submit to God. It says he flees from me. And that no single evil uh, sorry, no single fiery dart of the enemy can ever touch me with my shield of faith raised. And that I will never fall if I practice it, if I practice the um, qualities that are in two Peter one. It says I'll never ever fall. And then it also says the evil one cannot touch me. One John five. See if I didn't know all that, I would be like, Man, I'm getting so oppressed right now, I'm getting so beat down, so so da 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 da. But then and I started to believe that a little bit and I texted Ben today and I was like, bro, just like pray for me. I'm just like, I'm out of it, man. Like pray for me. And he just sent back scripture <laughs> and he just goes, I just felt like on my heart to say this. And I was like, that's good, man. And I appreciate that. Cause it's like, that's my reality. What he said to me was my reality, not what I was feeling right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, like honestly, we're in a, war. Yeah. a constant war. A constant war. And like, think about the word war just for a second. It just break away from Christianity and what you've heard about, spiritual warfare and stuff like that for a second. War. It is the worst point in human history. War. Millions of people slaughtering each other so they can survive. Doing it for out of um, the greed of a leader of a country. Do you know what I mean? Because he wants more land, he wants more power, he wants more people. War. Like there's casualties in war. Like it's never fun. No one ever wants to be in a war. And you're in a war. Do you know what I mean? Like, this stuff is hard sometimes. <laughs> Anyone experience that? Like, this stuff is hard. It's hard to be a Christian sometimes. I, sometimes I forget. I, I'm just, like, on a Holy Spirit cloud high. I'm just, like, loving life. And everyone's just talking to me about their struggles. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, you'll be sweet. And I'm like, no, honestly, it gets freaking hard sometimes. And I, and, I'm, and the days like today, like, it just remind me that, like, man, it, it ain't easy sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's pretty breezy. <laughs> but a lot of time it ain't. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how I got in this, this track, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, Jesus. Um, um, Nate, can yeah. you tell us some of those Bible that you used today. Can you, Or maybe you can write them on the whiteboard or Yeah, for sure. Do you remember what you said? I don't, I don't know if it was very related, but I was just like, I just sent 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15 is like talking about how we have victory through Jesus and that um, the power of death is going to be swallowed up and just stuff to put things back in perspective. So 1 Corinthians 15 is a good one. Um, there's so many. The ones I just said, so Ephesians 6 is amazing. Um, 1 John 5 Two Peter 1. Sorry, I'm saying this pretty quickly. Um, there's so many Anything that builds you up, and you go and you get that heat, Satan is under you. It's good. Just dwell on that. It's good times. Awesome. Um, All right, I'm over time again as usual. Let's just keep reading. Um, Next, next verse, Hebrews 10:1. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Now that's a new idea. Who was talking about making someone perfect until this point? But Hebrews 10.1 says, the law and killing animals does nothing to change you. See how God's getting beyond sin for a second? He's going, actually, when we're past sin, it's, I'm not just going to forgive your sins, destroy sin, and then, Put my spirit inside you and that's it. I'm, I'm on the goal and on the journey to make you perfect. See how it's bringing it back to uh, Genesis 1 and 2. Make you as you were. <laughs> Keep reading. Otherwise, would they not have ceased? There's verse 2. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins, but in these sacrifices, there is a, a reminder of sins every year. Verse 3. But in these, in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. So what about in the new sacrifice? No reminder of sin. Why? Because sin was destroyed. So you're not even having a consciousness of sin. You're not even walking, You're not even thinking about it. You're thinking Jesus. You're thinking life. You're thinking righteousness. You're thinking before the fall. You're thinking who you are now. You're thinking a son. You're thinking, you know what I mean? There's no reminder of sin anymore. Whereas in the the law, there was a constant reminder. Every single year, the high priest would have to go into the holiest of holies by himself. And sometimes he would die because of the presence of God there, right? They They did, yeah. Rope and bells in case he died. Oh, rain. I love rain. Oh, Jesus. I'm weird. (laughs) I'm so weird. Um, Verse 4. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Highlight impossible. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. The law does nothing to deal with your sin. It just merely points you to Jesus, right? It points you to the fact that you can't do this on your own. Verse 5. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, He said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for Me. He does away with the first covenant of sacrificing animals to establish the second where He Himself is sacrificed. verse 10, And by that will we have been sanctified, made holy, justified, been made righteous through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. (laughs) (laughs) Highlight that that verse especially. (laughs) (laughs) Legit. Yes. Um, in um Hebrews ten seven. Yeah. My version says, "Here I am." Mm. Ooh, like I like that. So Behold, in, I'm here. Here I am. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's That's so awesome. And he says, "Here I am" as well at um in oh. verse nine. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, and it's just so here lovely. I am. What the whole law was pointing to the whole yeah. time. Here I am. You're unclean. <laughs> yeah that's it come on more so good let's keep reading because it gets better and you're like it can't get better it gets better verse 11 and every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins so jesus must have taken away sins but when christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice he sat down at the right hand of god waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. We're the body of Christ and we have the feet of Christ. And so he's going to put him under us, put put the enemy under us. Romans 16, I will soon crush Satan under your feet. Thank you, Jesus. For by a single offering, verse 14, for by a single offering, he has what? Perfected, made perfect for all time, those who are being sanctified. He has made perfect for all time those who are being sanctified. Does it say that? Did I make that up? Am I reading out of context here? I just read the entire chapter beforehand. I can't be. I can't be. This is the Bible. This is what it says. And you go, but I don't experience that. Exactly. Faith. You receive it and you go, no, I've been made perfect in His sight. But I don't feel that way, Nath. But you are because He said so. And God's Word is stronger than how you feel and how you think and how you've been raised to think. And how you behave even. It's stronger than that. God's word is the reality. More. Verse 15. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them. And after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my, on their, I will put my law, laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. God does not even remember your sins. Do you get that? You keep apologizing for the same sin over and over again. He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's not even in my memory bank. What sin? Huh? What sin? Exactly. That's way way better. I should have said that. (laughs) Verse 18. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have... So based on all that, therefore, since we have confidence or boldness to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, draw near to God, get to know him, be close with him. You can do that confidently and boldly. Why? Because he sees you as righteous. He doesn't see you for your sin. He doesn't see you for your mistakes. He sees you as perfect. He sees you as righteous. Draw near to him, boldly. It says in early in Hebrews, Hebrews four, I think, You may boldly approach the throne of grace. How on earth can a human boldly approach the throne of grace? How on earth when they are unclean and they are unable to do exactly what they were created to do? Because they have been made righteous. You can boldly approach God with prayer. God, I believe this is for me. You can speak to him like that, boldly, confidently. It's not arrogance, not pride. You can boldly approach the throne. You can confidently enter in. Why? Because you receive his word for you knowing that you are righteous, that you are cleansed. It says, I love this word. It says, washed. I love that word. You were washed. 1 Corinthians 6, it says, you were this, this, this and that, but now you have been washed. (laughs) Like a bath. You know what I mean? When you come out of a bath, are you like kind of still a bit dirty? No, man, you're so clean. Like you did it right. (laughs) You're clean. You're clean. If you're in Christ, you're clean. More. I want more, Jesus. Teach me more. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. A true heart in full assurance. Be authentic. Be yourself. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And our bodies... Oh, it's right here. I didn't even realize. And our bodies washed with pure water. Who who here is washed with pure water? Anyone? I am. Jesus said so. He washed me. He washed me with pure water. I'm clean. More God. I want more. Verse 23. Let us hold fast. So stay, stay strong. Persevere. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. What you're confessing with your mouth. Hold to it. The enemy is going to come. You're in a war. He'll try and make you think otherwise. I felt so close to being like, I don't believe this today, God. But that's why it says, hold fast. Hold to it. Ah, More! Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who, is, he who promised is faithful. What he says will happen. What it says it means. It will come to pass. 100%. He has never said anything that will not come to pass. You can hold on to that. He is faithful. Jesus. Especially when you don't feel like it, guys. Especially when you don't feel like it. When your exact reality is the opposite. You hold fast. More God. Verse 24. And let us consider. See see where this ends up? After all this, this is where he ends up. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. What does that remind you of? Genesis 1 and 2. Walking in the image of God. The selfless. Love of God, righteousness, putting others before yourself. Why did He cleanse you of all your sin? Why did He make you righteous, so that you can stir one another up into love and good deeds? Did I miss something there, Kathy? No, it's my fault. Your fault. I didn't check the bathroom. Jesus. And it was apparently, my toilet. Oh, oh no, <laughs> devastating. Oh wait, there's tissues right there. I see tissues. No, there's toilet paper. Crisis averted. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> The Lord will provide. (laughs) Um, What was I saying? No, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. (laughs) Jesus. Verse 24, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. To love and good works. Where, Where does righteousness end? Where does it end? Now. (laughs) i It's over. It's done. (laughs) Sorry? There is no end, but what does it end up you doing? Loving other people. Why? Because you see them not for what they have done, just how God has seen you like that. And you can love and serve other people and give yourself for them and finally find out what it means to walk in the image of God, which is love. Back to the beginning. He completed the circle. Do you know what I mean? He started here, sin happened, he was like, oh crap, got to make it come back around. And then through Jesus, he did. Because he puts his spirit inside of you and he brings you back to the garden. Who here actually believes they can walk like Adam and Eve walked in the garden? It feels so distant. It feels like it's paradise, it's heaven, That's so far off. No, he's made you righteous now. So th- this context is not in heaven. This is actually past tense. You have no excuse for this not being right now. He sees you as righteous now if you are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, he does not see you as righteous, just so you know. He can see you of (laughs) potential as being a righteous son, but you are not righteous unless you are justified by faith in the blood of Jesus. But everyone who's in Christ is justified by faith in the blood of Jesus and made righteous, made whole, made holy. I'm going to read the words out what he says in a second. 25, and not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, so don't neglect teaching night, don't neglect worship night. Keep meeting, keep serving one another, stirring one another up for good, for good works and for love, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Jesus, wow. So good. How's that? Like that, I, didn't, I didn't like pick different verses and stuff. I read the Bible. I didn't skip any verse there. I just read it. And I just said what, it, what I think it means. How cool is that? It's just just there. It's just right there. It's just so good. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Anyone have any questions from that? So good. Can you see? From the very beginning, even when he had the law, his goal was to perfect us. But the law couldn't do that. His goal always was to... He doesn't get... Okay, I don't think personally he gets joy from sacrifices. He doesn't get joy from the law. He doesn't get joy from making this one particular people group. He doesn't get joy from even forgiving your sins. I think he does. Don't get me wrong here. I think he does get joy from that, but his most joy is when you walk in love. (laughs) Why? Because that's how you were created to be. And he called that very good. So righteousness, even even righteousness, your righteous identity, who you are, that doesn't stop there. It moves on and pours out to others. Jesus. Do you guys want to know what the New Testament says about who we are? Every single word? Not every single word, but like most of them. There's a lot. It never once in the New Testament, talking about Christians, calls you a sinner. Not even once. It might adhere to it as your past, but do you want to know what it calls you? Close your eyes for this. Close your eyes for this. This is what God says of you. You are beloved, righteous, holy, blameless, priests, royalty, brothers and sisters, children, the body of Christ, The bride of Christ, believers, holy temple of God, kings, saints, and friends. I like that last one a lot friends. You guys can open your eyes. That's all from the New Testament. I didn't make any of those up, I promise. They're all from particular verses. That's what God says of you if you are in Christ. More God, more. You know, the book of 1 Corinthians is written to the church in Corinth, and it's a church that's like super messed up. There's like super bad sexual immorality going on there. There's division in the church. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff, right? Do you want to know how he opens the, the letter? Because you might think he might open with a really harsh opening. By the Sorry? Is it my beloved? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Paul, this is 1 Corinthians 1, 1. <laughs> Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. And then later on he says, I appeal to you, brothers. But these guys are in sin, they Guys, maybe it's just a bit distracting, sorry. Um, these guys were in sin. These guys were like not walking as they were called to, right? And he goes, my beloved, my brothers. So he didn't let what you did define who you are because he knows who you are, even if you don't and you're not walking in it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to get that you are righteous. You're going to say something, Danny? That was what you asked, basically. Ah, cool, cool. Jesus, I love that, I love how that works. Um, All right, almost done if you're getting tired. We'll do this a bit more next week as well, if you've got questions. Hmm. Romans 5, 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's who you used to be, ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that infer? That now you no longer are. While we were sinners. (laughs) I like that. Thank you, Jesus. You guys know who you are yet? <laughs> or should I keep reading? <laughs> who are you? Who are you, Riley? <laughs> Whoa! That was arrogant. <laughs> 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 I'm totally kidding. Oh. Because okay, <laughs> the reason I say that is because that's the thought that comes in your head, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we all laughed because it's like I was kind of thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you. You can pick on me if you want. Okay, sweet. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Um, But that's the thought that comes up, right? Just like, when you... Okay, everyone say this with me. I am righteous. I am am righteous. righteous. (laughs) I am holy. I am am holy. I am blameless. I am blameless. blameless. (laughs) See, it doesn't feel quite right, hey, because as soon as you say blameless, you go, but last way you go, you know what I mean? And I wasn't that nice to my... See, see that, that, that's the battle here. That's the battle here. It's not really about sin as much anymore. It is, to some extent. <laughs> we can still sin if we choose to. But it's more about belief. What do you believe? Do you believe you're Righteous. Or do you believe that you're still a sinner? Because the New Testament is just not going to give you that advantage. It's not going to allow you to say that. Sorry, you can't find for me a verse that says that in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, for sure, because that's who you were. But now who you are is a son and a daughter. Or a daughter, sorry. Come both. (laughs) Children of God. Come on. 2 Corinthians 5.21 We read this last week but I'm going to read it again. For our sake... He made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible says that, not Nath. The Bible says that. We might become the righteousness of God. All right, guys, close your eyes. Let's finish with some scripture. Let this read over you. Just receive it. Open your heart as wide as you possibly can and go, I don't care how I feel right now as this gets read over me. I will receive this for me because this is who I am. And because until you, until you guys honestly do this, you will not really see breakthrough. I, I am convinced. I've seen it in lots of people's lives. You will not see breakthrough because you need to see how God sees you. You can't, you can't live like Christ unless you unless you get that you've been remade in His image, born again. You know what I mean? You were corrupted to the core. I get that. That's why you had to be born again. That's why you died. Jesus. This is Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear what he says about you in this. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in the world before the foundation of the oh, sorry chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as, and this is last week, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. faith, that I may that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I'm literally just going through the New Testament right now, guys. It's in every single book. <laughs> it's crazy. Colossians one. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, that's who you were, doing evil deeds, he has now 1 Peter. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. and all its glory like the flowers of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. It's a good word. And then in the next chapter, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may, be, that you may proclaim his excellencies, who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And the last one. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, is 1 John 1:7, 1 as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son purifies us from all sin. The blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. You guys can open your eyes. Now, I could have read more. I read a lot just then. And sorry if that you got lost in in the jungle. But I'm trying to show you, it's not just like this one book where it says, oh, you're righteous, holy and blameless. It's like, it's the big picture. It's the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? God's screaming it at you in reality. He didn't just say it once. He said it over and over and over again. Because I'm pretty sure he knew that you wouldn't believe in the first time. Because your experience says, but I'm so ungodly, I'm a wretch, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, that's what you were. But you gotta get that you were washed. You were washed and you were made clean and righteous. Jesus. And just to finish, you guys remember that story I told you at the beginning about Eddie? See, Eddie is us. Eddie is so us. (laughs) We're so grown up in a way of thinking in a way of thinking, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm this, I'm that. That's your old life, dude. You've been adopted into a new family. There's a new way that things are gonna go now. Do you get that? And maybe it's gonna take time. Maybe you're gonna still still keep on stealing some food from the table while you figure it all out. But you gotta know your identity, who you are, who you have been made to be, has been radically changed. You've been washed. You no, you no longer look anything like you used to. You know who you look like? Jesus. That feels wrong, hey? It's just like, oh, do I actually that He's so perfect. do you you be me, me, remade in His image. Conform to His image. He's the firstborn of my many brothers. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. This is all scripture, right? You look like Him. Start thinking like that. Start walking like that. Treating other people like that walking in your family like that, walking at work like that. Don't go self-defensive. These are my Christmas presents. Don't touch them. That's what we used to do. We used to, self, we used to be all about the self. You've got to understand you are loved and that's never going to change and that you've been made righteous in your sight. Did I spell it out good enough? <laughs> Did I prove it? Yeah, any questions? No? Awesome. Um, next week, we're going to talk about what it looks like to actually live that out. So if you're wondering what it looks like in your real life, that's what we're going to cover. And Ben's going to do his testimony. I'm so excited for that because yeah. um, it's obviously a pretty big thing for you as well, this topic. So for all of us, but for some people in particular, it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bless you. Can name of Jesus. Yes, you can.